Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Just like that, the final hour is here. Hutton and Withrow with you. Outkick 360 rolls on on this Thursday edition. And as promised, kicking off the hour with DeMarcus Ware, courtesy of Bet Online. You can check out Bet Online for the most diverse list of Super Bowl props, including length of the national anthem, first song Rihanna plays, commercial odds, broadcast odds, game and player stats, and much, much more. DeMarcus Ware, Super Bowl 50 champion and a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist joins us. DeMarcus, great to have you on, man. Hey, thank you guys for inviting me on, man. How, how are you guys doing today? We are we are fantastic, and uh, I bet online's going to be busy, right? Oh, they're going to be betting for <laughs> sure, man. This is going to be a crazy game, especially with, I mean, I feel like two even teams. You got two beat-up quarterbacks. And you got two defenses that, I mean, Philly's been balling out, but, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is just starting to pick up. So I think this is going to be a great game. How much do you enjoy watching the Philadelphia pass rush? I love pass rush when it's with any team, but when you have a team that's racked up over 70 sacks this season, I don't know if that's a record or not, but that means they're getting pressure on the quarterback and they're actually rushing as a unit. So it's really cool to see and, you know, hopefully, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line can hold up to the, all that pressure they're going to bring. So, Marcus Ware, our guest on Outkick 360. Um, I, I'm reading through some of the, the Hall of Fame selectors that bring up your, your case, your career. I respect Rick Goslin a ton, and I know I'm sure you know him well from the Dallas area. He says, yeah. patience must be a virtue for DeMarcus Ware, just as it has been for so many Hall of Fame edge rushers before him. Jack Youngblood waited 13 years. Uh, Kevin Green waited 12. Charles Haley, 11. Richard Dent waited 9. How, you know, when you see that, do you think of the, the vote and you think, man, this is going to be a long wait? Or is, it, is every year similar where you're thinking, okay, this is, this is my opportunity right out of the gate? I think uh, I always say this is your opportunity right out of the gate. The reason why I say that is you may you go from 122 to the final 15. And this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And every year, it's almost like the Super Bowl. I gave, I gave my whole resume out every single year. But now this is my final resume. And I get to put that out there each time. And how cool would it be that now all the things, the hard you know, work that you put in get enshrined forever? and with the best and that's saying a lot when you say with the best that's like that one percent of guys that even play in the nfl even make the whole thing you know it's amazing listening to what hutton brought up about edge rushers and just how differently we value edge rushers in football uh, really over the course of your career demarcus you know talking about jack youngblood and how great he was well rushing the passer was very different in his day as opposed to your day and how that spot is valued. Anyone who can affect a quarterback, whether it be edge rusher or lockdown corners, they're valued a lot more in today's NFL and even as you played. Did you sense that valuation becoming better 
for your position and what you were doing as your career evolved, especially early on with the Cowboys? I sense that at the tail end of my career, once we got to a point to where they started throwing the ball a lot, you know, in the NFC East, you're going against the Giants with Brandon Jacobs, they're running the football. You got this um, Washington Redskins with Clinton Portis. They're running the football. So you had to buckle up and get ready for that run game any time that you're playing any NFC team. Now I go to the AFC and at the tail end of playing against the Saints and, you know, with Sean Payton, they started throwing the ball a lot. And they started figuring out that it's all about the left tackle, the guys that are getting pressure, and the guys that are catching the football, which are the right receivers and corners, which is those awesome corners. And they started paying those guys a lot more money because we were out there a lot more. And when we make those plays, they're game changing. Demarcus Ware, our guest, former Cowboy and Bronco. What do you what do you make of the the new hire in Denver with Sean Payton pairing up with uh, Russell Wilson? It's going to be good for them because they needed a leader up top that's going to be able to utilize all the talent that they have on offense. You know, Russell Wilson now can open up the offense and be Russell Wilson, run around and make those plays that we used to seeing him making. But also now the defense don't have to be on the field majority of the time. They had a good defense last year, but they played a lot. So now, you know, you got guys rested. They can get up there and rest a flat passer, you know, and do what they do. But we'll actually be able to see them score a lot more points now with Sean Payton. What was the impact of uh, uh, the, the Super Bowl that you won with Denver? Defense led that team. There's no doubt about it, especially through that playoff run. But what was the Peyton Manning impact on that locker room uh, when, when he came on board with that team? Even Peyton Manning at not 100% physically, what was that impact like on that football team? Because I'm trying to somehow make the comparison of what a Sean Peyton and Russell Wilson combo could do for the offense. What was Peyton Manning like for the entire locker room with you? For the entire locker room, Peyton Manning was the sheriff. Made sure the offense was doing what they're doing, which is maintaining the game. It wasn't about scoring points. It was like, how many times can we get close to scoring points? If it's three, if it's seven, getting close to the 20-yard line in the end zone, right? Um, And then on defense, he was – just getting to the point where he always said, we're going to get you rest. He said the same thing in the Super Bowl. He wasn't 100%, but he said, I'm going to make sure that you guys are rested. So when you go out there, you're able to make those plays. They're going to punt. They're going to, we're going to get short field, and we're going to be able to score points. So it was all about the chess match in the long game. A lot of teams want to score 50 in the first quarter. Peyton said, you know what? We'll score 10 every single quarter. That's our 40. That's how we're going to do it. He always said 7-3. We're going to score 7-3, and three, which is our 10 that we need, and we're just going to move on to the next quarter. DeMarcus Ware, our guest, he's discussing Peyton Manning, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. DeMarcus, a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. Tom Brady will be in the Hall of Fame in five years uh, yeah. after his retirement. I, I, the Cowboys wouldn't match up much with the Patriots based on the scheduling process then. Uh, but while in Denver, uh, how many times would you? Uh, how many times you sack Brady in your career? Brady, maybe five times, and it was in the tail end of my career. I remember I sacked him once with the Cowboys. I got a lot of pressure on him, um, and then I sacked him twice. I think in the last AFC Championship game we played, I think we hit him like thirty something times, the most ever a quarterback being hit in the playoffs but we still almost lost. They'll let you know how Brady was. Like Brady, when they say he's the GOAT, he is the GOAT. 
he does not get, you know, you can't shake him. You just got to get pressure on him. You got to slow him down, and hopefully your offense can keep up. DeMarcus, looking through your early career as an athlete, grew up in Auburn, Alabama, uh, played at Auburn High School, starred in football, basketball, baseball, (laughs) was a track star also. I see how prolific you were at Troy. Uh, We obviously know about your NFL career now. How in the world did you slip through the fingers of Auburn University uh, to not star in the SEC? What, What was your recruitment like coming out of high school that ended up leading you to Troy? I don't know what recruitment was. I had one school that offered me a scholarship, which was Troy University. Um, I was a, I ran like a four seven. I was a 185 pound wide receiver coming out. And they said, DeMarcus, when you get to Troy, we want to put you at defensive end. At the time they were division double A, one double A. So we played a lot of the Jacksonville States, the Alabama States, the um, Alabama Montgomery A&M. So we played those small teams. So me being at 195 was normal. But it just got to a point where I got that scholarship and we started playing these big schools like Marshall and Missouri. I'm like, I gotta, I can't play Nebraska at 185. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and so lo and behold, I grew three inches and I gained 50 pounds in four years and ran a four three. And so that that was genetics plus being able to to get on the right program at the right time. How much different would it be now with an open transfer portal? I mean, Demarcus Ware goes to Troy. OC Umanura was there too yeah, at his high school. Yeah, absolutely, but you know, you 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 grow three inches, you gain weight, you become a star. Suddenly, Alabama <laughs> and Auburn and everyone come calling, and you're the prize of the transfer portal for someone. Both you and you know some of your teammates there also. Do you think that would have changed uh, your thinking as a college athlete at at Troy? And just overall, what do you think about what's going on in college football right now with transfers? Back then, I didn't know. Um, if I had that transfer portal, I probably would have stayed because at the tail end of my career, we started playing like the Nebraskas. We started playing Missouri's and Marshall. So we started playing a lot of nationally televised games, even though we were the homecoming game. <laughs> so uh, that, that was I, I would have stayed. But with the with the new way that they're doing things, it gives players an opportunity if they start at a small school, they start blossoming, and if they need to be seen a lot more uh, against better talent, now they can go and in, go into the SEC or the the Big Twelve or the Pac Ten and play against some some great teams and showcase their talent. Demarcus Ware, uh, final thing story. The story goes that Jerry Jones overruled. Bill Parcells, when they went on the clock at 11th overall in 2005, where would you have been drafted had they not drafted you there with Jerry's blessing? I would have went to San Diego. And that's so where Merriman was, went, right? Yep. Yeah, I think Merriman was number 12. Okay. So it was both of us going back and forth. We were the top outside linebackers at the time. And so Bill Parcells wanted Merriman at 11. So I probably went to San Diego at 12. Um, you know, we had the 21st pick, which was Marcus Spears, but I think that it was either Dallas or San Diego. How close were you to breaking the all-time sack record? You had 20 in, in 2008, two and a half shy. I'm sure there were a couple of moments where you thought, man, this, this would have counted, or they blew the play dead. Um, I actually missed six sacks, if you really wow. want to know. I missed six sacks. I remember every single <laughs> one of them. Uh, <laughs> And they were like either a couple of them were penalties 
um, from holding, you know, the cornerbacks holding, or me just missing Ben Roethlisberger, which I remember I had him down and somewhere he got away from me. Uh, but I was really close almost twice because one year I had 20 sacks twice, but they took a uh, half a sack away and gave it to one of the other players. I remember that too. You remember all your sacks, mm-hmm. especially the ones that you miss. So um, I was pretty close. Don't feel too bad. Big Ben did that to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, in terms <laughs> yes, of not being able to get that big guy down. So you weren't the only one. He, he was a great player, man. Great player. The Marcus Ware, uh, great player as well. Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist with us, courtesy of Bet Online. Thank you for the visit, man. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. All right. Thank you guys so much. Take yeah. care. There's Demarcus Ware. And again, uh, Bet Online, uh, the place to check out some great props for the Super Bowl length of the national anthem. Uh, the first song that Rihanna plays, there's some great odds there, Chad. You'll know every song, I'm sure. Yeah, I, that's the one when you said it, Hutton, that I, immediately I was drawn to that I need to go and see what the choices are, and I bet I can pick it right away. But I've noticed with some of these halftime shows, they go kind of deep into the catalog first, mm. and then they build up to the bigger hits. Um, Guns probably knows. Mike Gunzelman. He's joining us in studio next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Outkick 360. Hutton and Withrow with you. Thanks for Demarcus Ware for joining us to kick off the final hour. And How great is that dude, by the way? Uh, his setup was amazing. You know, you just get a vibe from people. Our next yeah. guest always puts out a good vibe. Yeah. Demarcus Ware had that vibe about him where, get done talking to him, and I turn to you and say, seems like a good dude. From Guns Show to Mike Gunselman, The Gun Show. Uh, from Outkick.com, who joins us in studio. Welcome back in, man. Good to see you. What's up, fellas? How are you? Doing great. Um, So how much are people paying to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. Uh (laughs) So there's always a new record, right? right? I mean, just with the way the economy's going and, of course, ticket prices and everything being more expensive these days, but still the demand has to be there when it comes down to it. You know what I mean? If it's two teams that nobody truly cares about, perhaps their fan bases aren't as rabid as others, then, you know, maybe it dips a little bit, but we are seeing very high prices. I mean, it's going to cost you right now. The cheapest ticket as of three minutes ago is $4,700 a (laughs) ticket. Hold on. That's before the surcharges. So you have to you have to throw oh, on no. another yeah, grand right. on the secondary ticket prices. As far as the average, okay? So that'll put you all the way in the nosebleeds. I mean, you're using binoculars. You can't see a thing up there, okay? With the media. Yeah. 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 The average price, $8,200. That just shows the fluctuation of what you're trying to get. My big question for both of you, though, is... I understand the media aspect. We've all been to Super Bowls. You guys are going to be down there. It's going to be an absolute blast from a media standpoint. You Mm -hmm. know, very cool to hang out, see everybody, get all the press. But from a fan standpoint, is it worth it? Is it more fun to watch the Super Bowl at your house where you're not waiting in line for the bathroom or anything? This is an easy answer for me. It is absolutely not worth it. I I don't know the real fans 
that pay for those prices to go to this game. Well, so because it's it's so corporate. You I, do you, you, you know do this see, being around the event. You do see fan, like true fans there, like decked out. You know they yeah. It's like uh, in my hometown, people take out a loan to go to the county fair every year, right? Like it, it, that's their version of that. Like that's that's their. It's big like Kentucky basketball fans going to Nashville for the bingo. SEC tournament. Yeah, they, it's their it's their vacation, and you you feel like you've got this one opportunity. So I do say it's a bucket list event, so you can take it in. But it's so much better on TV. Yeah, so much better. And yeah, I mean, most of those fans are sitting up. You know, up top, it's a very corporate feel to yeah. everything, and that's why the tickets can be, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Every year we do a double take, but it's every year we continue to see the ratings climb. I would say save that money, forty-seven hundred dollars. You said yeah. on the low end, save that money, take a fourth of that, go in with some buddies, go rent out something awesome in your yeah. hometown. Like yeah. go rent out a sports bar or a giant room and have a full experience for you and your best friends that are all completely into it and lockstep with each other for your team. Be, yeah. If yeah. you're a fan of that team, and that's going to be a way better experience than actually I, I like your thinking. I agree. But I it's, like it's not thinking. just the tickets, too. Like Go look the weekend of a Super the Bowl hotels. and try to find living arrangements yeah. in yeah. that city. I mean, the Econo Lodge goes yeah. from 180 <laughs> a night to a thousand dollars a night. Yeah. Uh, the Motel Six is charging what? Uh, Motel Six that'll cost you eight hundred and fifty dollars a night. The Motel Six. Uh, <laughs> I was glad. The I went prestigious. Over a bit. The uh, you know the best Western shows are going for like twelve hundred plus. Not even near the stadium, by the way. My favorite though is the, like the Holiday Inn, not just the Holiday Inn, but the Holiday Inn Express. You know, with the stale croissants or whatever. You know, <laughs> you know the continental breakfast. Not the full end Holiday Inn. You're saying we're talking about half Holiday Inn, the, the half, Express version. The Express okay. version where it's like here's some. Don't st- come in here expecting full. Holiday Inn treatment, by the way. There's a st- you're all, this year in an express, sir. There's a stale piece of bread. There's you know a what I mean? Right. That will be over five thousand dollars for the weekend. The and difference between the Holiday Inn Express and the full Holiday Inn <laughs> at the Holiday Inn at the breakfast buffet, the Continental Breakfast, they crack actual eggs and scramble them. And then at the Holiday Inn Express, they have the egg. Have you ever seen like the egg mix? Oh yeah. It's like phony eggs. Yeah. That's the difference. Like the That's what you're getting. Thing. Yeah, it's like powder. That they turn into eggs. <laughs> That's what you're That's getting at express the express. Yeah. It's actually creatine. So, but when you really put it, good protein though. Really <laughs> good protein. When you put it all together, I mean, listen, I understand the fandom, and and it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl. We all understand that, and you're right. It is kind of a it is a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of fans out there. Yeah. But when you especially look at like the, the Eagles, so you know, the last couple of weeks I've been doing a lot of ticket prices and all that. They face the Giants' highest. Ticket prices ever that the NFC had seen at the time. Then, week later. So imagine if you're a diehard fan. You're like, all right, I'm going to go to this. It's like, oh, we won. Well, I really want to go to this. Oh, we made it all the way to the big game. It's like, either A, I don't have any money, or uh, sorry, honey, but uh, I'm mortgaging the house. You know, I'm refinancing. <laughs> so uh, I haven't looked this up. I wonder, um, what were the prices like for the neutral site game in Atlanta had it been the Bills? For the AFC know. Championship compared wow. to the, the prices that were paid for like the NFC Championship I'm willing game. to bet it was right. similar to like a home game. Yeah, that, that's got to be the Just for a regular they home sold game 50, for the team. prior to yeah, it had, even knowing It had the to result. be home team type stuff for that one. I would think so. Yeah. But yeah. you mentioned that the but Eagles... The prices, for the prices, I'm sure, at Arrowhead were skyrocketed. Right. Yeah, and, well, yes. you mentioned the Eagles in once-in-a-lifetime thing. The Eagles have won one Super Bowl. So five years ago mm-hmm. when they got to this game, what would everyone say? You got to go to the Super Bowl like the if you're Bengals an Eagles last fan. Year. They may never be back. Well, here we are, five years later. 
They're back. And they're right back. Guess so then, back, you know, yeah. how many Eagles fans make that trip a second time or decide, okay, now's going to be my first time? Yeah. I don't know how big that number is, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, I would go one time. That's my, like, just some people love it when you're there. Uh, and you can see the confetti fall and you can be a part of the atmosphere, right? But, be, like, between airfare yeah, and I hotel, know. I mean, and it, a yeah, minimum yeah. stay, a five night minimum uh, for a <laughs> yeah. lot of these hotels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, it is brutal. Listen, um, I'm all about listen. I'm all about having fun, living. You know, you only live once. Live it up to the you know to, to the best that you possibly can, yeah. no doubt. But uh, if I don't have to wait to get a beer, and there's no line for the bathroom and the comfort of my own apartment, house, wherever, you know, rent right. out a bar, that is my idea Super Bowl experience. Now you're a right smart there. man for that. Yeah. Full confession: This will be the 13th or 14th Super Bowl that I've covered that we've covered. Hutton, I've never been to the game. Uh, I cover the week yep. of the game and get out before the game. You've been to one, two, I believe, two of them. Yeah. yeah. So you've seen it from the media perspective. You like some of the elements during the game to keep fans in the stadium engaged. But so they your do, thoughts on the actual game atmosphere? The game it looks corporate on TV. Yeah, it's very uh, the, the game atmosphere is cool. It's not uh, it's not loud one side or the other, right? Um, the 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 most overhyped aspect of the live experience is the halftime show. Right. You don't see anything really other right. than, uh, you know, some lights, right? Like that's, that's and you're seeing everything on TV. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's rehearsed down to the exact second on the camera angles and, and you know, all the switches. Right. I mean, that, that's the one aspect that you miss out on. They do their own in stadium pregame show, which is cool. I really enjoyed that. Like mm-hmm. aside from whatever network is doing the game, um, NFL Network does their own pregame show for the fans in attendance only, which is very unusual, but it's very well done. Is it, is it worth $4,700 for that? <laughs> it, you know, it's not, but when you're there and you're probably walking in, I'm like, man, this is, I got a cool, yeah. deal. I got a deal on this. <laughs> if you're a fan walking in, you're like, I've never seen anything like this. Can you imagine spending the 4700 walking in late? Like being one of the people like, you know, this doesn't mean that I mean, much to me. I'm having fun at this tailgate. The security line took so long to get through, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, I don't need to see that NFL Network pregame now, show there, there that's are, in the stadium. I, I'm not just going to bash the, the in-game experience. Like being there. So when they did the Kobe Bryant um, moment of silence at the Super Bowl down in Miami, that was amazing. Like they, yeah. being there for that. And then the, the national anthem. Being there for the Chris Stapleton national anthem next week, yeah. will be insane. It'll be special for sure. Um, yeah. it, it's just when the game kicks off, it is just a football game, right? But the NFL has built this up to where fans are paying these prices, and it's not just fans; it's companies uh, and celebrities that are flying in. Um, that one of my favorite um, uh, social media things is is to watch the airports immediately after the game, and you've got the flight trackers going, just the screenshots of all the private jets right. that are leaving the city to go back wherever they came from. And, and next year in Vegas, guns, we got to go. Uh, we're in. We're going to the <laughs> We're game. in. I'll start saving my money now. Right? Let's do it. <laughs> it's like start saving it now. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Here I am. Listen, um, it, it's, it, you know, it's just like, a, you know, I'm from New York City, Madison Square Garden. All the low seats, that's not your fans. You know yep. what I mean? All the diehard right. fans are up top. Same thing with like, you know, the Eagles. The Eagles are a rabid fan base for sure. They're crazy. They're Philadelphia. We all know the stories. Um, how many of those fans can actually afford to go into Super Bowl? No batteries like will be thrown yeah. at this game. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all Santa Clauses are safe down in, <laughs> well, that we down know in Arizona. Let's, let's not act that we rash. Know yeah, maybe they're not going to be safe. Um, here's a question for you that we haven't been able to answer. What is the fan base and the target group for 80 for Brady? <laughs> People that love 
Gilfs. <laughs> we're not saying Melfs. We're going to Gilfs, all right? Because, yes, of course it's Well, a- you could put another G in front of Gilf also if you really want to. Apparently, Gilfs love Brady. That is true. Yes, yes. Jane Fonda I mean, coming out, giving a lot of praise for Tom Brady, saying that uh, <laughs> head over heels for Mr. Brady. But, of course, yes, that is uh, the big movie that comes out this coming weekend. Um, listen, not a Tom Brady fan, not a Patriots fan. This is getting all sorts of buzz. I uh, overhyped. I mean, come on, right? Come oh, on. If you're not tired of it yet, you're about to be Oof. during this broadcast. Well, yeah. th- so the goal of a movie trailer is to take the best of a movie or at least take a scene or some elements of it, uh-huh. add in some music, and make it very appealing to the common fan, right? Common yeah. movie. The heartstrings of Chad Withrow. Um, <laughs> this movie trailer did the opposite gave for me. A, gave you a virus. If those were the best, <laughs> I've been ill ever since watching it for the first time. If the intention was to get me to fall in love with this movie... The trailer did the exact opposite. Now, my mother will turn 73 later this year. She wanted me to inform our audience. She will be going to see it of course. Uh, very soon. She's Good. excited about it. My Aunt Mitzi that watches the show every day yes. that I mentioned yesterday, she will go see it. So, Guns, we have found the target demo <laughs> there of it is. 80 for Brady. And, in fact, it is women aged 70 to 90. Oof. Uh, American women that also love football, 70 to 90. They're flocking to the theater. They're, they're ready to go see 80 for Brady. It is, uh, it's going to be a, a blockbuster hit for, uh, <laughs> for, for Tom, of course. Yeah, I mean, listen, do I, do I blame him? I do think that the, uh, the timing, it, don't they always say life is all about timing? And what better way than right now? You know, he was doing the red carpet this past uh, week. And Variety actually spoke to him. I wrote the article for Outkick. It was the day before he, of course, made the announcement that he was going to be stepping back. And they asked him, a lot of people, he spoke to Variety, he spoke to E.T., and he's like, listen, I had a blast. He goes, I would definitely be interested in doing future films. And some of the co-stars gave him shout-outs, props. One of them compared him to Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> For anybody under the age of 40, I also had to Google who Jimmy Stewart was, so it's okay. It's a okay. wonderful life. <laughs> yeah, That's there, all there you go. Say, it's a wonderful yeah. life. One of the greatest actors of all time, of course, Jimmy Stewart. But uh, <laughs> the big question is, do we, um, do we think that Bray's going to resonate on screen? All right, take the upcoming broadcast stuff out. All right? I'm not talking about the football broadcast. Do we think... Pete, listen, Peyton and Eli have done, I think Eli's building his way up. He's getting a lot more uh, fan-friendly with the, uh, with the broadcast that he's been doing. I feel like Peyton has made that successful jump where now he's gone from football player to the chicken parm commercials into now being, you know, got, uh, various commercials into co-hosting the CMAs with Luke Bryan. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's done that jump. Do we see Tom Brady? Does he resonate, do you guys think, to the big screen like that, uh, and a cameo appearance. Okay, you know I think LeBron's good at it. Uh, LeBron uh, was uh, good in uh, Trainwreck. That was the movie. Trainwreck, but also uh, you didn't, Space Jam. Didn't you rave about this from the oh, kids' I, point of I view? I didn't rave. My my child loved it. Yeah, I, I thought kid, it was horrific yeah. compared to the first one. Well, well um, I he yeah. wasn't good in that. I thought he was good in like a Judd Apatow written comedy. When he has good lines, I thought yeah, he, was, I, he was funny. I think Brady can be really good in this, so, but, but not in this film, but in this role like of okay. a cameo. We haven't really seen it. We didn't see that in New England because no one does anything in New well, England. Well, he was in Ted 2. Uh, he played himself oh, right. in Ted yeah. 2 with Mark Wahlberg. So, and he, was, he was pretty much a dead fish in that one. I, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think he'd be a terrible actor. Uh, and here's why. 
Tom Brady seems like the type. He's going to be good at a lot of things, but he is so self-serious that he will only do like serious things. And I think because of that, it's, it would hamstring him as an actor. Here's the difference. Not actor. He can play himself, though. He could, but Peyton Manning is the guy who's going to be better in film because Peyton Manning is way funnier. Peyton Manning could both play himself or I think Peyton, you could cast him in a buddy comedy in a different role as like someone's funny friend. Like a Will Ferrell type thing, like that kind of group. I think yeah. he could yeah. play a character that's not him and deliver lines the right way yeah, and be, be a, very funny in doing it. Righteous yeah, I think if you gave Tom Brady the proper cameo, yeah. then I'm with you. I think he'd be good. But I mean, as just a, you know, Tom Brady's going to play some minor character role in some movie. No, not in that and way. And be dramatic. No, I, I think Jane Fonda's just being very nice. Guns, here's the thing. This movie is going to be highly successful. It's going to crush. And the, the budget of this movie <laughs> was $28 million. <laughs> this is going to make a ton of money. I don't think so. I, I disagree. Uh, compared to what they paid for it. I mean, it's going to make money, but it's not going to... I, well, that's what you're trying to do in a streaming they're, they're, world is turn a profit at the theater, and that's what they're about to do. I, I think Avatar I, 2 I, reportedly look, I, there's had enough to Patriots, $2 billion yeah. to turn a profit. There's enough Patriots fans out there and people that will go just to see, and grandmothers, as you mentioned before, that will probably easily make that $28 million mark. But the fact that we still don't really understand the full concept of this film, it's supposed yeah. to be based on them trying to get tickets to a to a Super Bowl that Brady's uh, playing in in 2017. Like, that's all we know. And the fact that we've seen a, a, a pretty terrible trailer out there, it seems like they're hiding how awful this movie's going to be. But will it break 28 mil? I mean, yes. There's enough Patriots fans to make that happen, but 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 will yes. it also ruin? Is Tom Brady, who's going to have plenty of time on his hands now, plenty of time on his hands, as we all know. There's only so many rounds of golf you can do. There's only so many of your kids' practices that you can go, uh, you know, see them do. You know, what I mean, he's got plenty of time on his hands now. Um, that is he already ruining his future potential filming career? From the start, after this. Oh, I mean, the fact that James Cameron, Chad, said he needed $2 billion to make Avatar 2 profitable, and the fact that they got it, I haven't, seen any, I haven't met anyone that's seen this film. I haven't either. And they it's made amazing. $2 billion. This is the quietest, <laughs> Who are the Avatar fans? Right. in history. So <laughs> I, I don't expect I will meet anyone under the age of 65 to have watched AD for Brady, unless it's a punishment that we're going to send Matty Ice to do uh, <laughs> Look, if he I, cuts his hair again. I agree, the, that I agree it will make money. This is not going to be like the hangover that was a huge surprise. No, no, no. I'm not comparing it to in that. Terms of it's going to turn a profit compared to what it would do, you know, on just a straight release to Netflix. And it could be somewhat valuable to whatever streaming service owns the rights to it. So hold It'll on. quickly go to streaming. The big question is, all right, so out of the three of us right here, yeah. who of us is actually going to go see it? No one. <laughs> I I volunteer you as tribute to oh, go what and, and I want to read no. at outkick.com the review that there, you write about. You this know what? Oh place. man, I might need a couple of the uh the old smoky uh, whiskey. We got you covered there. there. Take this right here. I'll share it with you. The yeehaw bill. The yeehaw beer I might need before I go to the, see that. So what's Netflix doing uh with my account, Guns? Uh ruining everything. You want to talk about uh the Hunger Games reference, the streaming wars are upon us and may the odds be ever in your favor, everybody, because once again, Netflix is about to 
Raise the cost. Yes, hitting you right where it matters most. I'm talking about your pocketbook, your checkbook. Write that cash right there, everybody, because they are now cutting back on password sharing. All right, what does this matter? It's not about you being like, oh, a young person, like, oh, yeah, dude, you feel free to use my password. No, no, no. Right now, you can have a Netflix account, as I'm sure many people do at home, and uh, you can share it. You, know, you can share it to mul multiple accounts. That, my friends, is all going away within the next couple of weeks. By the end of March, this is what's going to happen. You will have to register your Netflix account from a primary location. They are going to track it via your Wi-Fi as well as your IP address, okay? That will be in your single household right there. So, say you have a kid at college that might use your Netflix account. Say that you're going on vacation and want to do it. Say that, you know, whatever it might be. You're on a train, you want to uh, you know, log in on your commute. Whatever it might be, it is going to be a hassle and you're going to have to pay more if you delve out that account to anybody else. It is a ballsy move on Netflix. We all know what the, uh, actually, we don't know, but that's the biggest question, what the economic future looks like right now for the country. A lot of people kind of keeping their money as close as they possibly can right now. Netflix also... You know, their big thing was they never had ads. Last year, they introduced ads. You had to pay more to not have ads. Now, they're cutting down on password sharing that family members literally cannot share amongst themselves unless they're all within that same household. And you're also seeing the rise of all the other streaming services. Guys, this is a gamble and a half right now for Netflix. The content well, just isn't as good right now from them. Well, this is the problem of paying $20 million an episode to Dave Chappelle. You know, you've got to get the subscribers. And then this is also a problem because people have paid YouTube to remove ads. They subscribe to SiriusXM and pay Howard Stern $90 million a year. They run ads in that show. And so Netflix is seeing this and going, people are stupid. They think they're getting something exclusive and we're going to sell ads to them and have them pay more for exclusivity. And they'll do it. Like it, We, we cut the cord at a very slow rate. It took me a while to just like actually dive in on all these subscriptions, guns. I'm looking at this going, yeah, I'm, I need to see how, uh, how handcuffed I'm going to be to my primary location whenever they actually try to stop me and see what it costs to do away with that. Because people are going to pay this. I don't think people are doing away with Netflix based on the content and the contracts they have. It, it and is, they know it. It is awful for the yeah. customer. It's also very smart business. I can understand why Netflix, and I thought for years, like, it's crazy that you have all of these offerings, you're paying, you know, $20 million to Chris Rock or to Dave Chappelle for specials, but yet I could just give my password to 20 friends and they get it for free. So I understand the concept behind it, so you're not stealing a product for free, but here's my biggest complaint with it. You go to a hotel now and you have to log into Netflix, and you could have your own account and you could be legitimately, I'm using my account but now you can't even do that. Well, it's gonna, you go rent an Airbnb, you can't log into your Netflix but, but, account. But You'll be able to get, they'll, they'll be able to send you a, a verification. It's going to be, so there's two arguments here. One is the price. It's like, I'm already paying for this. I got to pay for it. It's over, it's going to be 20 bucks plus a month now if you want to be able to share, et cetera. Okay. But there's also the hassle standpoint where it's like, now you have to get a verification login type code where people, is Netflix, 
obviously they were the original ones. They've always been the pinnacle, but are they still delivering the product? You know, they were the go-tos. They shut down Blockbuster single-handedly, mm -hmm. but now there's so many. I'm on, I pay for HBO Max, ESPN Plus, Hulu, Disney Plus, Fox Nation, uh, Paramount I have. I've got Spotify, I've got YouTube. I still have cable television. When is enough enough that people are just gonna be like, you know what? Screw it. I don't need Netflix. Yeah, we've reached that point for sure about enough yeah. being enough. But, and we've, we've reached the point of saturation. But I'll also say that I wish Netflix, they've done a lot more international productions to get in the global audience. I wish they would make money that way. Like they've gone into a lot of Scandinavian TV shows and movies, and now they're penetrating India and China with different shows and productions. I, I would be more okay with them doing that and making money across the globe as opposed to affecting my viewing habits, right? Are we going to get <laughs> to a point where... I'm fine putting that all over the side. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to see it. Take the money from them. Don't hit right. us. Like, let's go get more. <laughs> exactly. let's, let's dive into Brazil. We yeah. need more Brazilian comedies on Netflix. Yeah. I may never watch it, probably won't, but make money that way. You think we'll get to a point where you drive down and you see a hotel and it's like free Netflix, like it was free <laughs> HBO? <laughs> they just give you their account. Yeah. They sign up for every room. Yeah, hey, it's, all, it's all on the same Wi-Fi, so as but long like, as you're having it, Consider like uh, Apple TV Plus. They will yeah. have the debut of Killers of the Flower Moon in May, the new DiCaprio film with Scorsese. They will debut that on Apple TV Plus. I won't be able to see it in the theater before it's on Apple. Right. That pisses me off, right? Like I can go see 80 for Brady in a theater before I can see it on Apple, but not the new DiCaprio film that they filmed three years ago. Would, would Tom Cruise have done this? This is another reason why this is the Academy Award winning film of the last year in Top Gun, Maverick. Tom Cruise, say what you want about his Scientology background. Go ahead. The man does not compromise on quality when it comes to a movie-going experience. Yeah, right. Some of his movies may have missed, but he's saying, I am here to please the audience. Screw these statements. And to bring people... <laughs> yes. What is the processing that Scientology people go? Anyway. I just know Thetan is one yes, of them. Yes. Um, it's a ghost that enters you or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. If you believe in that. That's actually going to be Cruz's next film also. He's going to he zero in on that. Does his own stunt but He stuff. brings people to the movies, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Mission Impossible 25, he does his own stunt. I love it. That was love the it. most difficult stunt also yeah. for him. No, but I mean, he makes movies for people to go see movies in the theater. I respect that. I think what, what, what's interesting, and we don't just see this with, you know, Netflix is kind of, it's just... The internet, of course, loves to hate on things. And is Netflix maybe gambling or going a little too far right here? Plus, I'm telling you, cancel Netflix was trending. I, I just did a big story on it today. People are upset. People are mad. They're like, we were invested in you for so long. What are you, what are you offering me anymore that really deserves this? And why are you making my viewing experience even more of a hassle? Now, listen, is everybody going to cancel Netflix? Absolutely not. But they are imposing this password sharing change because... The profits were terrible in Q4. So they're already losing, all right? They, they realized, here's the thing. Everybody was, we had nothing to do for two and a half years, everybody. We were all home. Just like the Peloton stock is crashed. All those streaming things went up. They were inevitably going to go down because everybody was buying on because there was nothing else to do. Now it's going down. They're scrambling and bringing in ads. Now doing this, cutting you everywhere elsewhere. If you lose the internet, once you lose the internet, you're dead in the water. And the, the fact that there are a lot of heated people out there being like, I'll just watch HBO Max. I'll watch Succession. You know, I can't even watch Succession on Netflix. What, you know, they don't have friends anymore. They don't have The Office anymore. What are you bringing to me right now? Is it really worth that extra 20? I might just cancel out of spite. That's what they have to deal with and deal with shareholders. It's a big gamble.
David in our YouTube chat talking about 80 for Brady says, please tell me this is not a Fox film you guys are talking about for corporate purposes. No. To which I responded and said, it's not to my knowledge a Fox film, and also I've trashed it constantly, so I hope not. It may, it <laughs> may be in Brady's contract that they have to mention it. Though. Right, Who knows? Yeah. I'll probably be getting a strongly written email if it is, because I've done nothing but trash this film, and I'll continue to do so. You know, I just thought about this right now, one of my favorite things, and you know, maybe we could, it's like Super Bowl prop bets, you know, oh, yeah. and all that, and yeah. that stuff, and... Uh, I was just thinking, you know, do they mention, what's the over-under and how many times maybe Tom Brady's mentioned? Probably like two and a half, maybe? Think about it. I mean, oh. it's got to be more like, right? That's a good prop bet. I think he's going to be a part of the Fox coverage in some way. Okay. Whether right. it be yeah. like a cameo appearance with a video he does or you think something. Yeah. You think he's in a commercial already? Do you think somebody tries to oh, buy him for up sure. for a commercial? I think he's already shot a commercial. I bet, he's Brady, I bet his brand has a commercial. Something like that, yeah. Maybe. It's going to be the Brady Super Bowl. It's going to be Brady brand, and it's going to be this movie. I'm what, telling you. What's the over also under? have a starring role in some commercials, oh, the, I believe. And, well, they need to because they, yeah. you know, the, the Mannings have become kind of like the uh, – They're everyone's big brother. The, They're exact, America's yeah. big football brothers. Well, Eli Manning is actually uh, teaming up with Pete Davidson. They'll be coaching – for those that don't know this coming – I think it's this week. I actually have no <laughs> idea when the Pro Bowl is, uh, to be completely honest. I don't – do you know out this there? This weekend. Yeah. This weekend. This weekend? Nobody knows. Uh, it will be uh, – it's, it is Eli Manning teaming up with Pete Davidson to be the captains for the flag football. Yes, that's right. It's flag football this year. And they're taking on Peyton with Snoop Dogg. Those are the two teams that will be playing each other in flag football this year. But that just shows the uh, Eli and Peyton Manning are kind of just, they become Eli, Peyton Manning, and Gronk are like the top three right now. Does Tom Brady break that top four, become on that Rushmore of players, athletes delving into Hollywood I don't know if it's 80 for Brady, the answer. The Mannings will be taking over for Netflix now that they're failing. <laughs> so as we finish, as we just wrap up briefly, any of you guys canceling Netflix? I'm not. No. Okay. And that's why they're doing this. <laughs> that's exactly why they're doing this. Because we can, you know, complain all we want. It's too much they of a hassle. <laughs> they, they know. You'd rather pay I don't it. want to be bothered to cancel. Yeah, right. I've I mean, too many other things. That's a big thing. You just look at, you know, sometimes I'll look at my checking company. Where'd all my money go? This is all the automatic yeah. withdrawals. I'll I'll you don't even instead. know. I've got a new uh, softball team group text that I have to form tonight. That's enough of a hassle for me for this evening. I'm not going to be canceling Netflix also. Guns, good to see you, man. Thank you for coming in. Always a blast. Congratulations. Hey, good luck next week. You're doing all we that coverage. It. Super Bowl. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you very good much. We're, we're, you know, we're leaving the cold for Scottsdale, so it's not bad, Chad. Could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mike Gunsman, check him out. The Gun Show on Twitter. Always appreciate him stopping by when he's in. And uh, we'll have him on soon based on a, a column he's got coming up about the Super Bowl and an aspect with it. It's going to be a lot of fun early next week. Coming up, I don't know how much fun this, this Colts coaching search is is actually for anyone for involved Colts other than fans, that's for sure 12 hour reportedly 12 hour interviews taking place for round three of the coaches who are in the meetings with ballard and ursa that's next from outkick 360 mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Outkick 360 rolls on. So, the Colts, they had another interview with Shane Steichen from Philadelphia. 
interviews complete. And so now they reports are they could hold a third round of interviews, Chad. Whittled down list of candidates. Uh, or they could go ahead and just choose a candidate. But Mike Garofalo tweets out, the Colts are nearly done with their second round of head coaching interviews. They're considering a rare round three. Uh, sources tell him and Rap Sheet. If they go that route, they'll pare down the list to a select few finalists. Reports where they had seven for the second round before making their decision on the next head coach. Chris Ballard and owner Jim Ursay, they're conducting one of the more thorough searches we've seen. Lots of candidates, long in-person interviews, around 12 hours in some cases. So another round to make sure they're comfortable with their pick would fit. That's him being way too nice to a process that doesn't have to be this difficult. I wonder how many people just opt out after round two. <laughs> Not this list. Say, so, you know, uh, I'm good. But the list that's left, I'm sure they're all like, I'll go I mean, seven rounds. I mean, there has to be want. some credibility in being a finalist if you're a first-time offensive coordinator, whatever it might be, to be a finalist for a job. That way you get some momentum moving forward well, you're through also, your agent, right? I mean, you got to be thinking, you know, there's only 32 of these jobs, first Yeah, off. and this is a Second, organization that has won. you're the savior. Yeah. If you win there, people are going to say, You've got the seventh pick, right? You inherited a mess. Yeah. Right. As long as you, Chad, you would say, as long as you're not told you have to go with Will Levis, you should take that job. Well, or just, you know, as long as I'm told that the GM and myself will have say over personnel, right. and this isn't going to be a Jim Ursay, Jerry Jones type scenario. It will be. Well, suddenly he starts making every call on personnel. He was also very patient with those two, right? In Ballard as well. Right. And but then, and then first time Frank head Clark. coaches, they may even accept that. Probably. And you know who will? Jeff Saturday. Yep. He'll accept that. Reports where he gets to choose his own staff. I don't know if there's a staff to be put together at this point, based on everyone being at the Senior Bowl. Good Headlines luck. tomorrow. I hope you'll join us starting at 3 o'clock Eastern on the Outkick Network.